Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 live march 20th from the edge at hudson yards in new york city Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live and direct from the Nutmeg State today. Welcome in. We got a lot to get to. You'll hear from Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Tyron Lue, and guess who else we'll hear from? You. Yeah, huge mistake, I know, but at some point, we're going to hear your opinion on last night's NBA Finals essentially deciding game. There still is a series to be played. There still is a game four to be played, potentially five, six, and maybe, maybe seven. Uh, But it sure felt like the air was completely out of the balloon when the Golden State Warriors ended last night's epic game three with a 9-0 run. And if you want to go that the Warriors ran out of gas, I'm okay with that. If you want to say that Kyle Korver missed the one shot he's supposed to make, you had the you had one job guy and he didn't do his one job, I'm okay with that. If you want to tell me that Kyrie Irving shouldn't be settling for a three-point shot instead, should be going to the basket, going to the rack, down a point, I'm okay with that. 
But I also would be okay with you mentioning, look, I can't do it. I can't do the LeBron James, Michael Jordan thing. Can we just stop already? Stop. I made the right basketball play translates roughly into I didn't have the nuts to take it and make it myself. That's the difference. He he did make technically the right basketball play. And I've and I will tell you that that's more the style of which I used to play, but that's because I did not have the ability to create my own shots, to create my own destiny. What separated LeBron James from the other historically great players of the modern era, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, and even Kobe Bryant. He does everything fairly well. But all of those guys would have said exactly what Kevin Durant said. Remember, Kevin Durant was down, dribbling up the court, put the nail in the coffin with a three-point shot, and this is what KD said about that shot. You know, I just wanted to take that shot, you know, and also it was a good time. I mean, it was only, it was 45 seconds to go. We were down two. you know, if I missed, we could have got another stop, but um, glad I was able to knock that down. I just try to stay disciplined in my shot, hold my follow through and uh, it went in. So, but more importantly, we got two stops after that. So uh, we got to build on that, but we got to be better at game four. Now look, look, there's a lot to it. I mean, he realized time score, possession, momentum, LeBron didn't pick him up early enough. Once you get into your rhythm, dribbling forward, that's a fast break three. That, for an NBA player, especially arguably the most skilled uh, six foot eight and above player we've ever seen in the NBA, even more so than Dirk Nowitzki. For a seven foot player to come down and be able to walk into a three, even though LeBron's hand did come up and did pressure the shot, the fact that he didn't pick him up earlier when they did have defensive balance, that was that wasn't as good a defense as there could have been. But the difference between LeBron and any other superstar is what Kevin Durant said. I wanted to take that shot. I wanted to take that shot. And LeBron always falls back on I want to make the right basketball play. No, dude, go and take destiny by the hands. And and it's fair to say Corver, who has late leads the NBA in three-point shooting, is as good an open three-point shooter as you're going to find. He had a, a fairly open look, one that he'll probably make 50% of the time, and he, he missed it. I get to make or miss league. I get that Kyrie carried you. His third-quarter performance was incredible. But we're measuring LeBron against the greats of all time. And it's not that Jordan took every end-of-game shot. It's not. He he happened to take the last one of his career. He happened to score, then make two free throws, then get a steal, then make the bucket. It was more the sense, and this this is how basketball guys think and feel. That if you're the best player, you want the ball at the end of the game and you want to take the last shot. Results be damned. You know you're the best. It's the, look, I've said this on a, on a and, and everyone who knows me knows I couldn't shoot a lick in college. But me not being able to shoot a lick in college is still better than you being able to shoot in your mom's driveway. And so I'll I'll smirk at some of my friends. Hey, me missing a three is better than you making a layup, right? That's the that's the arrogance of I played, you didn't. That's how you should look at LeBron James. 
Like if LeBron comes down, shoots the, and he's not as good a three-point shooter as Kevin Durant is. And it's one of the things that's just hilarious about regular season stats and people trying to tell me that LeBron is really a good three-point shooter now. Like, no, he's not. LeBron lacks this inner self-confidence. It's just, I explained it to you before the finals, and you see it come out now. It doesn't mean he did anything wrong, but he didn't take the risk of doing what was right, which is, hey, you're the best player. You don't have to shoot a three. Put your nose down and get to the rim. Make the refs call a foul. They're going to. And whether it's it's that he's hesitant to get at the free throw line, which hasn't been great for him this year, or whether he's so consumed with this idea that I know more about basketball than everybody else, I'm going to make the right play. Even his coach, look, there's a when coaches say we needed to be more aggressive, he's only talking about two dudes. He's talking about Kyrie with a step back three and LeBron passing the ball. Take a listen. Were you happy with the shot selections down the stretch there? We could have got better. Um, we did a good job attacking the paint, you know, all night. And then, um, you know, they don't have a lot of shot blockers in the game. They went small. So, you know, shots that our guys are capable of making, but we should have been more aggressive getting to the paint. Yeah, get to the rim. Make them call a foul. Get to the cup. And they didn't. And so, look, I'm not saying LeBron stinks. I love the idea of I said he's the second or the second best player I've seen play in my lifetime. Somehow that's defaming LeBron James. I've seen a lot of guys play. I'm 40 years old. I watch a lot of hoop. And that's putting him ahead of Magic and Bird, which I'm not really sure I would actually put them ahead of. It's just a really hard comparison because the game is so incredibly different. Like, look, Magic could not shoot. He was not a good shooter. He had a little shot put, uh, three-point shot that eventually got to where he could make. And he wasn't nearly as athletic at the defensive end as LeBron. But you know what Magic did? He found a way. And Larry Bird, when he was healthy, found a way. And Michael Jordan found a way. And if the ball was in their hand and, and they weren't just out-and-out double-teamed. I mean, the most famous shot in Magic Johnson's career is a baby sky hook in the lane. Okay? He goes into Boston Garden to get a huge win, and I, I think a couple of those years, the Celtics didn't even lose at home at all. The entire regular season didn't lose at home. If you go back and look at Magic Johnson's baby sky hook, which essentially won them an NBA title, in the lane in Boston Garden, go back and look at the replay, and what will you see? The all-time scoring leader in NBA history, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, wide-ass open underneath the hoop. If that was LeBron James, he would have passed to Kareem, who might have made it, or maybe the defense collapsed and he went up too slow and he gets the thing blocked, or might have slipped out of his hands. And LeBron would have said, that's the right basketball play. And technically, he's right. But Magic willed his way to winning games. Larry Bird did the same. Kobe seemed to do the same. And I don't think Kobe's nearly as good a player all around as LeBron James. And if Kobe had the conscience of LeBron James, he could have he could have elevated his because Kobe had no conscience. And Kobe, of course, had Shaq, and Shaq was a three-time finals MVP. But the, the bigger point is in basketball, in basketball, the general rule is if you're the best guy in the court, you should have the ball. And unless somebody comes and double teams you, dude, go get a bucket. If you're at home, drive the ball. Get to the rim. Worst case scenario, they call foul. You go in, you knock down two free throws. So if you want to sit there on the island and say, LeBron's still the best because 
That's the one you grew up with. That's the one you see. He puts up ridiculous numbers. That was his fallback yesterday before the game. Hey, I'm not tired. I'm playing great. Look at my numbers. We judge you based upon how you play in the fourth quarter against the best competition and what you do with the game on the line. He's been outshone in the fourth quarter by Kevin Durant. Right? Against the best competition when lining up against Durant. Like, I, I agree. I came into the series thinking LeBron James was the better player. But through three games, Kevin Durant's been the better player. Why? Because I've actually watched the games. And with the game on the line, Durant's been better than LeBron has. Do, do we need more information? Are we so prone to not believe what we see, what we read anymore because of news and the idea of fake news that we can't even believe? We can't believe what we see. Like, I hear all this, like, they're the most talented team we've ever seen. Like, no, they're not. Get out of here. What are we talking about? They're an unbelievable, they have an unbelievable trio of shooters. Kevin Love disappeared last night. Some of that was they didn't throw it to him in the post, but a lot of that is that he's shown throughout the series he can't score in the post. But this whole idea that the Golden State's the most talented team, like, what are you talking about? They start Jaja Pachulia at center. That's not the most talented team I've ever seen. There have been plenty more talented teams, but they shoot it so well, and when they don't turn it over, they pass it well. And within the, the confines of the salary cap and with 2017 basketball, they're incredibly dynamic. But their best player says after the game, I wanted the ball and I wanted that shot. I wanted to make it. And he did. Whereas the Cavs' best player, who we were told is the best player on earth, says, I made the right basketball play. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's welcome in Kevin Ding, talented writer. Uh, used to work in L.A. now. He's gone national. He works for Bleach Report. And uh, a couple of his latest pieces, I think, are fantastic. Uh, Kevin, uh, first, your takeaway from Game 3. Like, if you just, like, okay, when, when uh, I, I, I like doing this because what ends up happening five years from now is we might discuss Kevin Durant's shot. We might discuss, um, I don't know, Kyrie Irving's step back and missing. But usually it's, it was a close game and 9-0 run. Or it was a, the sweep, if it's a sweep, that ends up overwhelming us. We don't think of the kind of the capsule of last night's game. Now less than 24 hours removed. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, Doug, I'd say it's, it's time to step back and big picture this thing and, and say 15-0 and 0 in the playoffs. If it is 16-0, and 0, even if it's 16-1, and 1, that's the best the uh, NBA's ever seen. Um, and so we have to sort of come to an understanding that this is it, it, this is happening not because it's it's necessarily just too easy for the Warriors with Kevin Durant. It's because they've done something really properly, really well uh, in meshing a team together and and putting the egos together plus the talent to uh, to have guys actually want to step in the roles. And and you know what I wrote about last night was how Steph Curry is doing all these little things, you know, pushing the pace, getting rebounds, all these other things he he hasn't done in the past, and and that's how you you put 
a team together that's going to make history is when the guys say, okay, I'm doing less of this, but what else can I do to make more of that? And, and that's what I've seen from the Warriors. I think we should maybe take a second and appreciate, yeah, we want competition in our games, and it was great to have that last night, but we're, we're seeing history here. I agree with you. You know, it's funny. There, there are plenty of people who are making memes and uh, making fun of Steph Curry for his elation when Kevin Durant came down and drained that three. But to me, that's the part which which we don't talk enough about. Like, here's a guy who's a two-time MVP. Who you start, you get two-time MVP, and he was unanimous MVP. We start putting you in rare air, and he has the lack of ego to reach out and go like, "Hey, I I want Kevin Durant, who's probably a better basketball player, to be on my team." I I think it's always something special in my work, in your work, uh, in real life, and in basketball when you can. Take joy in somebody else's accomplishment. I, I just I thought that spoke to who he is, who this team is, that he's he is celebrating somebody else making the game-winning shot without any without even even touch. He, he had no effect on that play whatsoever. That kind of speaks to me on who Steph Curry really is. Yeah, you're you're right, Doug. And if you if you watch the replay, like he was going up to set a screen. Uh, to, to help out on that play, and Durant didn't need it and just, just took the shot and, you know, rendered Steph sort of useless. And, and instead of taking that as a slight, you know, he was all in the moment for, for, for his teammate for, for having that, that, that big shot and, and making the team better. Um, and, and, you know, I, I spent some time with Steph late in the regular season right at the time when Durant was hurt, and, uh, and he was very clear about – what an enjoyable, meaningful season it, it has been for him in, in finding other ways to, to be a better player and even a person as a, you know, leadership wise too, and figuring out how his positivity and his energy bring something special to, to his teammates. And, and it's not just about the scoring binges from the previous two seasons. And, and so, you know, it might surprise people to think that, you know, the guy dominated the world, you know, every kid wanted to be him for the previous two years. So this couldn't be as good for him, uh, but in in a way it, it has been. He's he's found a perspective. He was able to rest and, and pace himself better, so that he was stronger for this time of year. And and you see the results. And and uh, you know if we want to be be fair about it, then then but let's be fair about it. He's come into the season with a great attitude, and he's getting his reward now. Let me let me explain what what I said to start the show. And I want you wrote an article about LeBron needing more help. And I, th- I think there is some validity to that because Tristan's just been awful and Darren Williams looks like he's washed. Um, but but my point to start the show, Kevin Ding joining us, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Kevin writes for Bleacher Report. Um, my point was that if we're going to judge him against the greats of all time, I understand what the technically right basketball play is. But you're dominating the game by getting to the rim. You're, you know, you're in the fourth quarter like – stop doing this LeBron thing of being passive and letting other people hit the, the game-winning shots. Take the bull by the horns and get it done yourself, like Kevin Durant did, where he just stops, pops a three. Um, his, his head coach says he's not aggressive. Like, if we're judging him against the all the Larry Birds, the Magic Johnsons, the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryants, those guys wouldn't pass unless they were out and out double-teamed and he was not. Those guys would force the action at the rim, and he does not. Isn't that ultimately what separates and differentiates LeBron from those others? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I mean, because he does need more help, um, and, and his two co-stars are not 
helping on defense uh, <laughs> uh, most of the game. And, and, you know, the casual viewer just kind of overlooks how, how often Kyrie doesn't get back and, and get to his man or, or love doesn't help with the rim to even interfere with, with a drive. And so, so people don't notice the things that those guys aren't doing that LeBron is trying to do, at least in the playoffs, not as much in the regular season. And, and the thing is he, he holds himself accountable to, to being an all around player and the guy was tired last night. I mean, there's no question he he, he was fatigued in the second half. Um, if you break down the numbers, he's been fatigued in the second half all playoffs. And you can kind of criticize him for that, I suppose, that, that he needs to manage his own energy better. Uh, but he played heavy minutes in the first first half again last night, and, and he paid the price. And so I, I honestly think, to answer your question, Doug, he, he was tired. And then when you have that fatigue, you're more willing to take the easy way out and, and you know make your move and then kick out to, to Kyle Korver instead of pushing the envelope and, and saying, I'm going all the way to the rim no matter what. You know, it's weird, though, but before the game, he said, when he was asked about being tired, he said, I'm not tired. Look, I'm averaging a triple-double. Again, taking the onus off himself and putting it on others. So that was... That was that was equally that that was that was equally telling. All right. Speaking of, you wrote the article about needing help. Doesn't the obvious solution come in the form of Carmelo Anthony? Like, I'm not a huge Carmelo guy, but he plays the same position as Kevin Love, and we've seen based upon how little they they've used they used Love down the stretch last night, uh, how ineffective he is in the post, and how the game is trending to be a more perimeter game. Plus, there's the we want to play together, right? Um, we want to play together type of thing of 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 Carmelo Anthony. I know people are saying, you know, Paul George, but Carmelo fits on so many levels. Isn't that the the obvious fix if they can find a way to move Kevin Love and acquire Carmelo in the offseason? Yeah, um, I, I think it, it might be a boost to chemistry for this team. I mean, just because Carmelo and LeBron are so close and, and there's that, that deep, desire for Carmelo to, to win on a level he hasn't before. I, I think it, it would bring something different to the mix that way. But to be honest, Doug, I mean, defensively, Carmelo is really, really uh, difficult to have on your team these days. And uh, and you see how, how much trouble the Cavs are having right now trying to keep up with the Warriors. So you put Carmelo out there trying to chase somebody like, you know, a presumably 3-4 guy like, like uh, Durant, Durant around. Yeah. It, it, it's it's not going to work. Uh, it, just like Love can't guard him either. So you're you're hoping that Carmelo it brings so much offensive firepower to you that that it outweighs what he's going to cost you on defense. And, and I'm I'm just worried that that's not the the way it's going to work out. And LeBron's going to again have even more responsibility on defense. Uh, which he doesn't have the energy for. Last thing, Kevin Ding, who covers the league for Bleacher Report, does an outstanding job. What does this do to the rest of the league? Because, look, the the Warriors aren't breaking up anytime soon. I mean, the the only sh- the first shoe that could drop, I would guess, would be Clay in a couple years, uh, maybe. Right? That, that's like the only one. Assuming KD takes a little less money, they keep most of the core intact, and they move on, and they still are in their prime, and 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 they seem, uh, you know, focused on getting a couple in a row. Does this make Gordon Hayward want to join the Celtics? Does it make uh, Chris Paul want to join the Spurs? Or is there the inevitability that the Warriors are the best team, and so you're better off staying where you are and making more money and just playing it? Maybe they get an injury, and that's where you can get in. Yeah, there there is that in- inevitability for sure. And you could even sense it from the Cavs last night that – 
what are we what are we supposed to do? The, the, this team is is better than us. And I, I even heard from Cavs fans after the game, you know, talking about you know almost a helpless feeling, like we played great and and they're just better. And so this is what everybody was fearing, you know, last July that this is the NBA was going to be uh, determined before the season even starts. And we had a great regular season, a lot of great individual efforts and, and competition. But now you see the power of, of what the Warriors have. And let's be honest, Doug, they they could get a little complacent, but they probably will get better because Durant is going to get more accustomed to playing their style of game. And so they'll they'll be more in tune with with the way they want to play and and. <laughs> that's the, the ultimate fear is the Warriors are going to be even better in the next few years. And so absolutely the NBA has to take a step back and say, well, yeah, well if this is our reality, then when, how are we going to entertain if we're not going to have that kind of competition in the playoffs? Hmm. Kevin Ding from Bleacher Report. Read his article on Steph Curry and the little things he's been doing and on LeBron James, how this uh, party could come to a crashing halt if he doesn't get the help that he needs. Both those available at the Bleacher Report. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter as well. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Thanks, Doug. Take care, bud. All right, that's Kevin Ding from Bleacher Report. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. But this whole, like, this is the most talented team I've ever seen. Like, dude, let me read you their bench. David West, who's like four or five years past his prime, played his best game of the finals last night, hit all three shots. Matt Barnes, James Michael McAdoo, Javel McGee, Pat McCaw, Sean Livingston, Ian Clark. Ian Clark didn't pee a drop last night. Like, so you're, you're going to have to stop the, this is the most talented team ever. They're just really, really good. Really good with their starting lineup. Their three best players are hard covers, and everybody else finds ways to be in just the right spot. Yes, Ryan Music. Would you say that the Warriors are the most dominant team that the NBA has seen if you combined their ability to utilize the three-point shot and the overall competition of the makeup of other teams in the league? I mean, look, in the playoffs, they've been the most dominant. theres uh, I don't think there's any question about it. Um, I mean, like, you, you basically have two MVPs and Clay Thompson, who is probably the best. I'm trying to think if he's the best third option. He's probably the best score, scoring-wise, the best third option in the NBA. I mean, look, these, the, the problem is there's just a lot of bad teams. There's a lot of top-heavy teams. Um, the, the most dominant in the playoffs would be fair. It should also be pointed out that they, they dodged some bullets, right? Like, they never played. They didn't play the Thunder. They didn't play. Nobody they played was at full strength. But, like, look, if you go 16-0 in the playoffs, and which has never been done before, you are uh, statistically – the most dominant playoff team in your in the context of your year, but I I do I do think it's really interesting, almost funny, that people are like, oh, this is the best team I've ever seen. Like, did they start Jaja Pachulli at center? Come on, man. And I like Javale McGee, but he barely plays. What they've been able to do is within the with within the context of this year and within the way in which basketball is played now and basketball is called now, they are they are absolutely set up. But I've, I've heard this like, oh, they would dumb, they would kick the crap out of the Bulls in 95, 96. Like, no, they wouldn't. The Bulls had three great scores, Jordan, 
Pippen to a lesser extent. Not as much of a scorer, but a top 50 player all time. Come on, man. Tony Kukoc. And they were built with great length and versatility. Dennis Rodman, who is a better version. He did everything better than Draymond Green with the exception of shoot the basketball. And Ron Harper, who does he is basically Sean Livingston only good. <laughs> and I like Sean Livingston, but Sean Livingston was the, the potential for Sean Livingston when he came out is the only reason, and his story is the only reason we're like Sean Livingston. Sean Livingston just does everything he's supposed to do, but he doesn't do much. And Ron Harper was a hell of a player. And I haven't mentioned Kerr, and I haven't mentioned Luke Longley, some of the other guys they had on that sixteen on that uh, ninety six team. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. I'm not a huge Carmelo guy. Okay? And I generally believe that Carmelo can be bad for a team. But when he's played his best basketball, it's been with USA Basketball, where he wasn't the leader, wasn't the go-to guy. And if it's firepower that they need that Kevin Love can't provide... And there's always been the rumor he wanted to play with either Chris Paul or with LeBron James. Those are the only two teams, Cavs and Clippers, that he would accept a trade to. Isn't that the answer? Right? Like LeBron James say, listen to what LeBron said about super teams and what he thinks they do to the Oh, He he said he thought thought it's good for the NBA. So, like, look, LeBron under, he, what I like about him is he's really bright. He understands basketball. He also understands his legacy. He's trying to set the triple-double things important to him because he wants to set the narrative when this is over. Like, hey, they may have lost and gotten swept, but he averaged a triple-double. Right? Like, he was still in the MVP discussion. And it's fair. He hasn't been bad, but he has not been good in the fourth quarter. He had two really bad possessions in the fourth quarter defensively and has 11 points in three fourth quarters and you know, did not score a point, did not get to the free throw line in the last three minutes when they were up nine points in game three, which is really the deciding game in the series. He's got to go out and add more pieces. And the most viable one to go out and get, and a one that LeBron would uh, be okay with, and a guy who a team wants, his team wants to move on from, all of that, all of that kind of culminates, comes together. And uh, it's not crazy to think, not crazy to think Carmelo could be that guy. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. LeBron fanboy guy or LeBron is better than Jordan guy will say, well, he doesn't have the talent around him, right? And you look at it, he doesn't have the talent around him. Okay. If he doesn't have the talent around him, the same LeBron fanboy guy will say, well, you know, he's just making the right basketball play. So if the guys around him aren't good enough, why is he passing them the ball? Like, that's not a congruent argument. Right? Here's LeBron. I think it's just part of my calling to just go against teams that's in the midst of a dynasty. And, uh, you know, this has been the best team in our league the last three years. You know, like I said, there's been times throughout my career where I've just played teams that was just in the midst of 
something that can last uh, for a long time. And obviously this team is built to be able to do that with the talent that they have. You know, we'll see what happens. Obviously you never know what's going to happen, but as it stands right now, they, they look pretty good as far as the future. Yeah, it's, 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 always, it's always interesting on how LeBron, he, he, and they are the underdog in this series, but this is the first series he's ever been an underdog in. Uh, but I, I love how they're the underdog in this series, and um, he's like, man, it's just me to go against these dynasties. Uh, I never held against him the not one, not two, not three, not four. It was a pep rally. People say crazy things about pep, at pep rallies. They do. They say things about killing other teams and and guaranteeing wins and dropping the microphone. Every if every high school in America filmed their pep rally and tweeted it out, there'd be a lot of people that were clowned because of pep rallies. I don't care. They said not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Okay, don't care. But like LeBron is, he's trying to start this narrative now. Like, hey, I'm a builder. I'm not a super team guy. Super teams are good, but I'm not a super team guy. I like to build. I'm Bob the Builder. That's who I am. Let's listen. Listen to LeBron James talking about build out. Like he didn't do what Kevin Durant's doing. He's built his teams. I don't think that our careers are are the same as far as changing teams. You know, their team was already kind of put together. Uh, when I left here to go to Miami, we had to build something. Okay. How accurate is that music? What do you think? Do you think that's an accurate statement? Uh, I don't think so because I think that he, I, I see the situations the same. I don't see them as having to build anything. Building something takes several years. He went there as soon as he got there. They went to the finals the first season. So well, plus, building plus, something plus is they, like I ahead. mean, like look what the, what they did in Miami. Like leaving Golden State. There's two new starters on Golden State's team. They had to replace Bogut, and they had to re- and they replaced. Uh, um, uh, Harrison Barnes. So it's a massive upgrade. People forget the Miami Heat won a championship with Dwayne Wade, and Dwayne Wade got LeBron, and they got Chris Bosh. Yes, they got two superstars at once. And I, I will, I can grant you that getting to the finals the first year when they still kind of were figuring each other out, it's hard. But like, let's not act like well they they built through the draft and there was all these years. It was not like it's not like what Michael Jordan did in Chicago. Right where he t- he started with a team that was terrible, and they slowly made it into the playoffs, into the Eastern Conference semis, into the Eastern Conference Finals. Couldn't get past the Pistons, beat the Pistons, got to the finals, like where they just climbed the ladder. Like that's not what they've that's not what they've done there. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Let's see what LeBron James has to say about uh, super teams. Is it fair? I don't. I don't care. I mean, I think it's great. I mean, it's great for our league. I mean, right now, look at our look at our TV ratings. Uh, look at the money our league is pouring in. I mean, guys are loving the game. Our fans love the game. Listen, I mean, it happens. It's, it's sports. You know, you can have an opportunity to sign one of the best players, uh, and you can do it. Go ahead and do it. Uh, why not? If I become an owner, I'm gonna try to sign everybody. No, it's funny. Um, hey, LeBron, you could have actually taken less and signed everybody, but that, that's kind of, <laughs> kind of beside the point. You know, you make like $50 million outside of your actual contract. You could have done these things previous to it, but instead you put the onus on your your, your owner. Um, LeBron is kind of conflating three different things. First question, is it fair that the Warriors added Kevin Durant? Yeah, why not? Right? You lose in the NBA Finals, you want to add a better piece? Harrison Barnes out, Kevin Durant in, fair. Like, 
I, fair doesn't have to exist in sports, but by letter of the law, absolutely fair what they've done. On the other hand, he is relating the Warriors and their dominance to TV ratings, which don't actually exist. And then he's relating that to the money that they're all making from the collective bargaining agreement, which has nothing to do with the current state of the NBA. LeBron James is really, really socially very bright. And he knows how to put smart people around him. He's no, he understands how to lift up his guys so that they that, that they're in all different they're champions of business and all different things. But this is a guy that doesn't understand business. The ratings are not great. And more than anything, if this series ends up in a sweep, it is a disaster of epic proportions for one of their rights holders. And the rest of the playoffs are a disaster of epic proportion for their other rights holder. The value to the NBA is not in one well-rated game. It's in the volume of games with decent ratings in the regular season and the volume of games with great ratings in the postseason. And if the Warriors go through in the Western Conference and in the finals and only play 16 games, ESPN has sold ads for games that didn't happen. They're screwed. And more importantly, the companies and the ad agencies that buy time are screwed. And so ESPN is going to be doing make goods, running ads on Monday Night Football that they owe for, for the NBA playoffs and NBA finals. And it all eats at their bottom line. Now, that won't affect the NBA immediately, right? Like those guys, they're, they're getting their check from ESPN regardless. That doesn't really matter. But when you add on to the fact that you're now having more players sit out games to rest their bodies, when you're having less competitive games in the regular season, when the regular season matters less because we're seeing, hey, the Cavs didn't, didn't play hard in the regular season. They got to the finals fairly easily. The Warriors only won 67, and they got to the finals super easily. Like, all of the messaging is regular season doesn't matter, and then you have more games on now than you've ever had before. Like, you can tell me, hey, man, I'm making all this money. But there is a, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's a train coming. And so while you might say... Hey, you know, super teams are great for the league. Look at our ratings. Dude, this is a four-game series. ESPN is pooping their pants over the fact that they may be done with NBA basketball Friday night. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and expect. 
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, Have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 